KPBS On Demand is supported by the National Conflict Resolution Center. Topics like political polarization and hybrid work policies can create workplace conflict. NCRC can help workplace leaders navigate divisive issues with the culture, communication, and conflict certificate. More at ncrconline.com. This story contains graphic descriptions of abuse and violence. Listener discretion is advised. You are listening to Port of Entry. This season of Port of Entry, we've been showcasing LGBTQ plus stories of the border region. We featured a two-part episode on the fight for marriage equality in Baja. Very gradually, we started getting, you know, calls from representatives saying like, you know what, we will vote in favor of this initiative. We will support same-sex marriage. And, and it was amazing, but it was unfortunately not enough. And two stories about resilience and finding your voice in an unwelcoming environment through art like drag and writing. But I've learned that over the years that, you know, drag, when I get into drag, it's really just me. You know, drag is just like the facade. It's just like the what, what, what's on the outside. And in a way, it gives me some confidence, but it's really just me, right? It's still Jaime. Amigos, amigas, and amigas, our latest season is coming to an end. And, well, we are done. So thank you for stopping by. Nos vemos pronto. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Just kidding. We have one more story for y'all before we close out this season. Today, in our final episode of this series, we want to share the story of a very special place in Tijuana dedicated to helping queer migrants. Mi nombre es Roberto García. Soy activista LGBT y en este momento soy administrador general del Jardín de las Mariposas en ausencia de nuestra directora Yolanda Rocha. This is Roberto, the operating manager of Jardín de las Mariposas, a temporary shelter and asylum for migrants and refugees of gender and sexual diversity. De hecho, nosotros en nuestra acta constitutiva es un espacio seguro libre de violencia dedicado para la comunidad LGBT en contexto de movilidad o de tránsito o de migración. Like some of the other stories we have showcased this season, Jardín de las Mariposas has impacted the lives of those that have come across it. Stay with us to listen how. Oh, and by the way, Happy Happy New Year! From KPBS, this is Port of Entry. Where we tell cross-border stories that connect us. I'm Alan Lilienthal. And I'm Natalie Gonzalez. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org. While the landscape for queer rights is slowly but surely improving in some parts of the world, like here in Baja, this progress is not universal. In other countries, many members of the queer community flee their homes in fear for their lives or in search of opportunities unavailable to them in their home country, simply for being queer. Remember Alejandro Sanchez from episode two? When we told you about the fight for marriage equality in Baja? Well, Alejandro wanted to put us in contact with Jardín de las Mariposas. Coming up on June, I think it would be great to start a conversation on how a potential collaboration between Port of Entry and Baja's LGBTQ community could look like. If this is a topic, we want to close this season with something full of hope to contrast all the craziness going on around the world. The story of how this little safe space at the periphery of Tijuana came about is that story.
Our producer Julio and I met each other outside of Jardín de las Mariposas to meet Roberto for the first time. At first, we felt a bit disoriented, wondering if we were in the right place. The way to get there led us through hills and narrow one-way streets in a quiet working-class neighborhood. But that quickly went away when we turned the street corner and saw a two-story maroon house adorned with a big rainbow butterfly. On that same corner were two women having a cigarette and enjoying the cool December sun next to a pack of three dogs. One of them joked, saying she was the hostess of the shelter. She indicated the way and we made it to the entrance of the house. The first thing we saw was a display of multiple pride flags covering the walls of the entrance hall. To the left was a double door leading to a kitchen and a dining hall, and to our right was a closed door bearing the name Yolanda Rocha. Roberto opened the door. Hola. Roberto, ¿qué tal? Roberto García, un gusto. Hola, Roberto, un gusto. Pasen, por favor. Hola. Pasen, por favor, están en su casa. Inside the office, we sat on a big L-shaped couch directly across Roberto's desk. Behind him were a series of pictures of a middle-aged woman and her family and friends. On the other end of the couch was Roberto's mother, keeping warm under a blanket in front of the heater. Roberto mentioned he was taking care of her while he was working because she was not feeling too well. Roberto took over the shelter after the director and founder, Yolanda Rocha, suffered a stroke. Pero al final del día éramos nosotros los que teníamos el espacio y teníamos este las camas para poder recibir gente. The pictures behind the desk were Yolanda's family pictures. Entonces, eh, en su momento Yolanda asumió la responsabilidad y dijo, bueno, vamos a entrarla, este más por humanidad que por otra cosa. Pero eh, al final pues nos terminó superando el tema y y ahorita ya somos 100% albergue migrante. The shelter started as a drug rehabilitation center exclusively for members of the LGBTQ community. Roberto says it was the first of its kind in Latin America. However, Roberto explains that due to the large influx of migrants arriving in Tijuana and other parts of Mexico back in 2017, the city requested the center to be converted into a temporary shelter for migrants. According to Roberto, it then became the first exclusively queer shelter in Latin America, hosting everyone from queer youth to single mothers escaping violence and persecution. We couldn't confirm or deny if it was the first drug rehab shelter exclusively for queer folks in Latin America, or Mexico for that matter, but it definitely was the first in Tijuana. Since then, Roberto mentions that Jardín de las Mariposas has housed thousands of queer migrants from around the whole world. Jardín de las Mariposas, by the way, is Spanish for Garden of the Butterflies. Gracias a Dios o gracias a, a nos volvimos en algún punto populares en cuanto a la migración incluso se le comenta, se comenta o nos vienen y nos comentan que vieron de alguna manera algún flyer de nosotros en Guatemala o que algún compañero o amigo de ellos ya cruzó este a estado que ya está en Estados Unidos que de alguna manera nosotros los ayudamos. Roberto told us that Jardín de las Mariposas has gained popularity by sheer word of mouth. People who've been in the shelter continue to spread the word to other people in need. Entonces vienen referidos por gente que ya que ya solicitó el servicio o que ya está en Estados Unidos. 
We asked Roberto what the folks who use their services typically flee from. Principalmente es el crimen organizado que llega, te quita tus tierras, eh, te amenaza. Si eres mujer trans, te quiere de alguna manera cooptar o de alguna manera este eh, reclutar para prostitución, para distribución de drogas. Incluso tenemos. For folks in Mexico, he says it is organized crime. He says members of the LGBTQ plus community are sometimes forced to work for the cartels. And if you're a trans woman, they can force you into prostitution. And not only that, according to a study published in June of 2023 by Mexico's National Commission on Minimum Wages, CONASAMI, having a non-normative identity or orientation, meaning being queer, increases the probability of being denied employment and of suffering some type of violence in the workplace. This problem extends beyond Mexico. According to a UN statement on the International Day Against Homophobia, Transphobia, and Biphobia, trans and gender diverse people are at a heightened risk of experiencing physical and psychological abuse. They frequently encounter threats such as beatings, rape, torture, and even murder, as their gender expression is often perceived as a challenge to dominant social norms in their home countries. This is exactly why it is so important for a place like Jardín de las Mariposas to exist. Aquí nosotros nos comprometemos contigo a darte las asesorías jurídicas necesarias, a darte la información oficial del albergue. Se compromete a lo que es este la estancia, el espacio seguro donde te puedas bañar, donde puedas alimentarte, donde puedas este es, o simplemente estar. One of the main attractions of the shelter is that it's a community service hub. It offers legal assistance ranging from asylum requests for the U.S. to job searches within Mexico for those who get denied. Most in the shelter wait for their appointment with U.S. Customs and Border Protection, or CBP, for asylum in the States. But most importantly, it's a safe haven for those fleeing in fear for their lives, individuals too scared to even go outside. Me explico que no quieren salir a buscar trabajo, que no quieren salir a, 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 al exterior porque les da miedo el exterior. Entonces, nosotros nos comprometemos a que vas a poder estar dentro del albergue, dentro del espacio seguro. Before we left, Roberto gave us a tour of the shelter. We walked through the kitchen and dining hall, which was being cleaned after a recent lunch. Then we made our way to the patio, and Roberto mentioned that they use it as a meeting space and also as a place to hang their clothes to dry. The shelter can accommodate a total of 40 people at any given time and has strict rules to ensure safety and harmony for all. But during times of crises, like when the war between Russia and Ukraine broke out, they've housed around 100 people at a time. A couple of weeks later, we went back to speak with two residents of the shelter. Samantha from Mexico and Hector from Honduras. Hola, mi nombre es Samantha Vega y soy este de León, Guanajuato, de aquí de México. Uh, mi nombre es Héctor López, soy de Honduras, en el departamento de Oro, en el municipio de Lanchito. 
Samantha and Hector were both waiting for their CBP appointment. Jardín de las Mariposas provided the assistance to fill out an online application and schedule an asylum appointment. That is helpful because many migrants do not have access to a cell phone. Some of them are robbed along the way to Tijuana, and many others simply don't have reliable internet. Both Samantha and Hector fled situations of violence in their place of origin. One for what is the Maras in Honduras, and the other for my orientation sexual. Because there is a lot of discrimination, Hector was forced out of Honduras due to the threats he got from the Maras, the MS-13 gang. He told us they were forcing him to do things he didn't want to do. Hector not only feared being recruited by the gangs, but he also feared being targeted because of his sexual orientation. Sí, sí, porque las maras a veces no no lo toleran tampoco. Sí, a veces o que una persona de los miembros de ellos se junte con uno, pues tampoco no lo miran como nosotros, porque ellos quieren hombres. He says the maras or gang members don't tolerate gay people. They need macho men to join their ranks. He left without reporting the harassment to authorities to protect his mother and sister who are still in Honduras. If he spoke out, Hector says the gang would go after his family. Pues, ese día pues no le no le dije a nadie, nomás que a mi hermano. Y pues, lloré porque no es no es fácil la verdad salir uno de su casa. He left one night, face covered in tears. He didn't want to leave his home. Y sí, tomé, tuve que venirme de noche porque el bus salía como a las once y algo de la noche. Y de allá nadie más por lo mismo, porque igual, más por el miedo de las maras. We asked him how he felt in Tijuana. Pues hay momentos que muy, muy, muy triste, más ahorita que viene la época de la Navidad, pues no puedes estar con tu familia. He obviously misses his family and is very sad he can't be with them during the holidays. He told us he felt lonely, missing the affection of a loved one, something he would like to find in Mexico. En Honduras un porcentaje de personas no es como aquí en México que la mayoría bastante están casadas en Honduras pues la mayoría de nosotros nos quedamos solos. Just like Hector, Samantha also left because of threats of violence. She opened up about the circumstances that led her to flee her hometown in Guanajuato, Mexico. Y, y esa vez pues me tocó a mí, ¿no? Me tocó a mí el que me llevaran y me, me llevaron a base de, de puros golpes. 
She was the woman we met outside of Jardín de las Mariposas the first time we visited. When we sat down to interview her, she seemed eager to tell her story and talk to someone new. It was hard to stomach what she shared with us. Samantha is a trans woman and was living in Guadalajara when she was the victim of a horrible transphobic attack. Three men took her to the outskirts of the city to beat her. They threatened to set her on fire. Samantha was abandoned to her fate and had to walk long distances back to the city. No one would come to her aid. She says she spent days without food or water. She resorted to sex work to be able to feed herself. Luckily, someone called the authorities and an ambulance picked her up. She was almost unconscious when that happened. O sea, realmente hay muchas personas que pueden ver que una chica está pasando por eso y, y más que nada en mis condiciones una chica transexual como que te ven descalza y, y te ven en un aspecto y no son para preguntar oye, ¿ocupas ayuda, un vaso de agua? ¿Necesitas hacer una llamada a un policía? ¿Necesitas llamar a alguien? Y, y luego la muerte de, de varias amigas mías. Muertes que tú dices, o sea, no son de salud. Muertes que, que, el, que es con una arma, que las, o sea, que las golpean y, con armas blancas, con con armas de fuego, entonces todo eso, eso no es un accidente, es en contra de, de chicas así como yo, entonces yo no quiero como realmente permanecer en un lugar donde tenga esa inseguridad de vivir. Y por eso me vine de León. From the hospital, Samantha reached out to her dad for help. El único teléfono que yo me está en la vida es el de mi papá, pues porque crecí en esa casa. Entonces le, le marqué y le dije que nunca lo molestaba. Yo creo que necesitaba que me dijo él sí. Y, y yo sabía que, que él me iba a encerrar. Él siempre usa como alternativas encerrarme. Desde que yo tengo 23 años, que a mí se me ocurrió un día llegar a León, siempre que yo, siempre que él puede, él me encierra en un centro de rehabilitación. To add insult to injury, her father agreed to help her, yes, but only if she checked herself into rehab to cure herself of her queerness. Checking her into a rehab center was her father's way of forcing her to stop dressing and behaving like a woman. Y eso me mandaba hacer también en los anexos. Que si yo no aceptaba cortarme el pelo chiquitito, no iba a recibir visita. ¿Cuánto durabas en esos anexos? Tres meses cada anexo. When she would give in to her father's demands, she spent three months at a time in rehab. In these facilities, she faced further discrimination, being forced to present herself as a man and cut her hair short. Regardless of the difficulties Samantha has faced and is still facing, 
She has kept her spirits high and made an effort to reach out to other trans folks who may be stuck in similar situations. She kickstarted a YouTube channel where she talks about her experiences being a trans woman. In her videos, she reaches out to other trans women in need of help to let them know about Jardín de las Mariposas. We asked her how she sees herself in the future. She told us she sees herself living happily in Miami and that she will always be thankful to Jardín de las Mariposas for all the help she's received. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. We visited the shelter one last time. On this occasion, we spoke with the son of Yolanda Rocha. Mi nombre es Jaime Antonio Marín Rocha, soy fundador del Jardín de las Mariposas y este, mi título es este, representante legal. Yolanda is still recovering, but Jaime shared why she's dedicated her life to helping the migrant queer community. Bueno, mi madre tuvo una experiencia muy joven, este, ella eh, tuvo problemas de sustancias, eh, entonces ella pues llegó un momento a estar este, en prisión y justamente dentro de, de la prisión ella se quedó en recuperación. Con, entonces ella, Jaime told us este, that his mother suffered from substance de, addiction in her youth, which landed her in prison. Era una mujer trans que se llamaba Patty. She felt lonely and broken dealing with withdrawal symptoms. Luckily, someone was there to help her, Patty a transgender inmate who took care of her and supported her during those dark moments. No sé, en ese momento yo creo que tenía el VIH y se le desarrolló a tener sida. Entonces, este, mi madre cuidó mucho de de Patty, este, en los últimos días cuando Patty iba a fallecer y en agradecimiento a Patty por salvarle la vida a mi madre dentro de la del sistema penitenciario, pues este mi mamá este quiso regresar ese mismo apoyo a las personas de la diversidad sexual. Entonces, Yolanda made it through. Patty and her became close friends. Years later, the tables turned. Patty contracted HIV. 
she became very sick. Yolanda took care of her during her last days. Jaime credits that specific experience as Yolanda's call to help queer folks. Mi mamá ha sido el pilar muy fuerte de la organización. La organización no es igual sin ella. Este, a mi madre le dio un infarto cerebral. En abril le dio un infarto cerebral. Y desde allí este, no pudo caminar, no pudo hablar. Y entonces este, está en sus tratamientos de fisioterapia. Pero mi mamá es el, el, el alma de la organización. Along with his mother, Yolanda, Jaime is the co-founder and legal representative of the organization. Yolanda took care of the operation of Jardín before she had her stroke. He says his mother has always been the pillar of the organization and everyone feels her absence. Mi mamá es una mujer bisexual, entonces ella tiene un gran amor a las personas que padecen de adicciones, a las personas que son diversas, porque tiene dos hijos. Yolanda also belongs to the queer community. She is a bisexual woman who dedicated her life to helping queer folks deal with addictions. Muchas veces nosotros mismos nos entregamos y nosotros mismos nos descuidamos. Entonces, hay cosas personales que nosotros necesitamos también y nosotros ponemos nuestras cosas personales a un lado por atender las emergencias o las necesidades inmediatas de las personas o de la organización. He told us that he believes his mother neglected her health due to the pressure and stress of running the operations of Jardín. Diferentes circunstancias que estén sucediendo, pues este hace que este uno llegue a su límite y pues se enferme. Yolanda never stopped working, and she was always looking for the best for the shelter. That was until the stroke forced her to stop. Back during our first interview, we asked Roberto how he felt when Yolanda took a leave and he had to take full responsibility for Jardín de las Mariposas. Muy duro, por cierto, porque de repente uno está directora, este, con todas las capacidades y todo, y de repente ya no está nuestra directora y tenemos que hacer frente. He told us it was very difficult at the beginning to fill Yolanda's shoes. Este y de repente pues pues te quedas en la cabeza del 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 proyecto y pues ya me corresponde a mí. Tratamos de hacerlo lo mejor posible. He's doing his best, he says. We asked Roberto how he got started as an activist. Vienen unas vacaciones y en esas vacaciones me tocó la mala suerte de ser víctima de violencia. Like the resident of the shelter, Roberto had a difficult experience in his youth. That pivotal event ignited his commitment to advocate for queer rights. Salíamos de un club que se llamaba Sky Blue en la en la zona centro aquí de Tijuana. Y un grupo de personas, de hombres, este, me empezó a golpear. Este, me dejaron prácticamente por muerto en la calle. One night, as he was leaving a club in Tijuana, he was attacked by a group of men, brutally beaten and essentially left for dead. He was barely conscious. Llegó la policía allí a donde, donde estaba yo tirado. 
Y cuando les di mi queja de estas personas, pues los policías prácticamente llegaron a abrazar a, a mis victimarios, como que se conocían. Entonces me quedó a mí muy claro que, que, pues, eh, que lo que estaba pasando conmigo ayer era una injusticia y que pues se tenía que levantar la voz más adelante. Pues, When he was met at the side by the police, he recalls the police embracing the man who beat Roberto, like they knew each other. From this experience, something changed in Roberto, and he felt the need to raise his voice against injustices like the one he experienced. Fíjate que la mayoría de los activistas empezamos a hacer activismo justamente después de ser víctimas. Este, cuando no nos pasa nada, eh, pues vivimos un, un privilegio al final del día. Este, pero cuando nos pasa o nos toca a nosotros este, ser las víctimas, Roberto says many activists begin their journey in activism after experiencing victimization themselves. Lo empezamos a ver todo de diferente manera. O sea, sabemos que yo tuve suerte al sobrevivir, pero que hay otros compañeros que no sobrevivieron. Y que si yo sobreviví, pues vale la pena luchar. Una, porque no se vuelva a repetir lo que me pasó a mí. Este, y segunda, porque las generaciones que vienen no, 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 re, no repitan eso, pues. He says that he was lucky enough to survive, and for that reason, it is worth fighting so that no one else has to go through what he went through. In the last year alone, Jardín de las Mariposas has helped about 600 queer migrants either to cross legally into the U.S. or by offering a safe space for them to wait while they figure out what the next step in their lives is. Some of them may decide to start a new life in Tijuana, while others have their primary and sole objective set on entering the United States. De hecho, muchos de ellos cuando cruzan Estados Unidos se han vuelto activistas allá, de, de, de comunidad LGBT migrante, de comunidad LGBT latina. Este, y han sido muy buenos activistas. Como que nosotros queremos aquí, veo aquí como un detonador de, de esta chispa creativa, de esto de, de que se pueden generar, hay madera, eh, hay buena madera aquí para generar activistas comprometidos y... Ultimately, Roberto hopes Jardín de las Mariposas can be a space that inspires those seeking shelter to one day become activists and fight for the rights of others who may need spaces like Jardín de las Mariposas. Before we go, we want to thank our now former editor, Alisa Barba, who is joining our list of Port of Entry alumni. Alisa was involved with Port of Entry since its early inception and has always provided guidance and direction to make each episode work and sound like the outstanding show we'd like it to be. Alisa, thank you so much for your help these last five seasons, and we wish you all the best in your future endeavors. Thank you for everything, Alisa. Gracias. This episode of Port of Entry was written and produced by Natalie González and Julio César Ortiz Franco. Adrian Villalobos is technical producer and sound designer. Elma González Lima Brandao is our editor. Lisa Morissette is director of audio programming and operations, and John Decker is senior director of content development. 
This program is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. This project was also made possible with support from California Humanities, a nonprofit partner of the National Endowment for the Humanities. Visit callhome.org. Soy Alan Lilienthal. Y yo soy Natalie González. Nos, Nos vemos, vemos pronto. KPBS On Demand is supported by the National Conflict Resolution Center. Topics like political polarization and hybrid work policies can create workplace conflict. NCRC can help workplace leaders navigate divisive issues with the culture, communication, and conflict certificate. More at ncrconline.com.